This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we can go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort. We can be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. NBA playoffs are here, but not for the Houston Rockets. What is up? And welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked On Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. So NBA playoffs are fully underway now we had a pretty pretty good set of play in tournament games for you know the the first iteration uh of the play in tournament outside of the bubble and frankly i i've enjoyed all the different games so far i'm feeling relatively confident in most of my first round playoff predictions so far i won't go into too much of that uh, today, because there's a bunch of topics that I do want to hit on, uh, dive into a little bit of the Rockets' big board of draft candidates, draft prospects, I should say, as well as a takeaway that I have, my first like confident takeaway for this offseason. And if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to talk about how I got dunked on by Daniel House on Twitter. So I'm going to save that last one for the final segment. Uh, as well as, of course, a tankathon spin because we got to do one of those. Um, but first things first is, and I've put a lot of thought into this, and I, you know, I was really kind of campaigning for wanting Sterling Brown back uh, earlier this season, and as much as I still think that he could be a legit contributor for this Rockets team, um, you know, I'm looking at the perspective lineup and you know just there's this gigantic glut at the guard spot and i just don't realistically see a way and th- this and this kind of things were tilted a little bit more uh after the Kyrie Thomas news broke that Kyrie Thomas was signed to a multi-year deal for the Rockets moving forward they obviously value what he brings to the table and you're looking at a guard lineup of John Wall, Eric Gordon, Kevin Porter Jr., Kyrie Thomas, guaranteed. Those four guys are locked in. And then ideally, right, you probably bring back Armani Brooks on a pretty team-friendly deal. So that gives you five guards already. And when you look at what Sterling Brown is potentially going to make this summer, you wonder if the booby trap you know, incident is going to have other teams, you know, questioning, you know, you know, just the fact that he not, not necessarily the incident itself. Cause I've already voiced my opinions on said incident. We've kind of discussed that 
I don't think the incident itself is going to lead to him, you know, concerns about re-signing him because his production was very evident pre-booby trap incident. So, but I wonder if missing the last month of the season or so, you know, I wonder if that is going to be an issue necessarily, you know, teams, he's not going to, there's not going to be this, you know, recency of being able to look at his play and thinking, oh, well, he's, that's what he did to close out the season. He had a full productive year. He might not be as high on, you know, team, uh, you know, other teams' radars, and potentially even the Rockets' radar, because he didn't play that final month or so of the season. So it's a possibility there. But basically, where I'm getting at is right to bring back Sterling Brown. They're not going to get him on a team-friendly deal, right? To get him back, they would probably need to throw a, at least a portion of the MLE at him. And I just don't under, I don't see how you reasonably commit a portion of your MLE over any extended period of time to a guy who isn't comfortably going to be one of your like top three in the guard rotation. Because let's face it, he wouldn't be. And yes, there's still questions around John Wall. Yes, there's still questions uh, around Eric Gordon and what their you know long-term fit is with this Rockets team, depending on you know whether they try to be relatively competitive next season or if we get another season where... Uh, they're you know struggling to make the playoffs or struggling struggling to even make the play-in tournament, right? There's still a lot of flexibility. They haven't long-term committed to any one vision yet, and I just don't see them committing that money to Sterling Brown. And so, frankly, I think Sterling Brown's gone. Like I, I don't think he's coming back, and that plays into part of like my big board logic here in the second segment, but I wanted to kind of get that out of the way because I was just thinking about it and have spent some, spent some time thinking about it as well as David Nwaba's place on this Rockets team. And I think of those two, originally I was more so on the cusp of, or on the, on the side of wanting to bring back Sterling Brown over David Nwaba because shooting is is such a commodity in today's NBA and Sterling Brown can do that at you know for a stretch of the season he was the Rockets best three-point shooter he provides defense he's shown an ability to attack off the bounce there's a lot of different things that Sterling Brown brings to the table but I have since kind of flip-flopped and now if the Rockets are to bring back either of those guys which I don't even think it's a guarantee that they bring back David Nwaba but if they were to bring one of them back, I think it's more likely that you bring back David Nwaba because he gives you a different skill set than Sterling Brown. You can you can kind of play him. You know, he's a guy who can almost guard all five positions. You know, maybe he's you know struggles a little bit with some of the bigger fives, but you know he's switchable. He's a bigger. He's more of a true wing than Sterling Brown is, and so you get another guy like that who impacts the game in just a different way than Sterling Brown does. And so I think that's probably the direction that this Rockets team goes. Um, I wanted to focus on that in the opening segment here. Just, you know, my takeaway about, you know, a little bit of the roster direction for this team this offseason. But coming up, segment two, want to talk about the Rockets big board as we've, you know, continue to progress uh, with our Rockets offseason content. We've knocked out the top five draft prospects. And so I want to revisit those as well as share some thoughts on uh, a recent piece out of The Athletic. Uh, Kelly Eco, Sam Vecini dropping their piece, their Rockets big board. And I found 
Vecini's structure of his big board interesting. And we're going to talk about that in just a quick second after a message from our friends over at Lucy.co. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. The research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three different flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. It's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, even in the gym. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down pat. So Locked On NBA listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to get 20% off all products on your very first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Look, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, which is not fair. It's not cool that they do that. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even brand new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So go Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. So the picks are in. And so that means the Rockets, obviously, we've still got to figure out what's going on with the dominoes and whether or not the Rockets will retain their pick, well, get back their pick, whatever, the wording, right? Whether or not they get a top four pick. Um, But they'll also be picking at number 20 and 24 by way of Portland and Milwaukee, respectively, in this draft. Now, before I go, before I dive super into this, I will clear this up one more time because we've cleared it up a bunch. We've talked about it a lot, but I had a couple people reach out to me via DM and they were just like, Hey, like, can you break down the whole pick situation one more time? So just a quick refresher course, the Rockets swapped their, or basically swapped the rights to their first round draft pick this draft 2021 in the Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul trade, right? So what that means is OKC has the right to swap their pick or, unfortunately, the Miami Heat pick that they also own with the Rockets pick. So this largely wouldn't have mattered had the Rockets been good this season, but they weren't good. They were the worst team in the association. So now the problem is if the Rockets pick falls outside of the top four, it conveys to the Oklahoma City Thunder. The worst that the Rockets pick can be because they are the worst team in the association, the lowest that it can fall is pick number five. So if it falls one, two, three, or four, they keep it. If it falls pick number five, 
it goes to Oklahoma City, and then the Rockets, unfortunately, walk away with the Miami Heat pick, which is locked in at number 18. So to break that down, the pick odds for pick number one, 14% chance. Pick number two, 13.4% chance. Pick number three is a 12.7% chance. And then pick number four is an 11.9% chance, totaling 52.1%. So the Rockets have a 52.1% chance at retaining their pick, and then they have a 47.9% chance of it landing at number five and conveying to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's how the pick swap is broken down. That's how it works. That might be a little bit remedial for some people, but just wanted to clear that up very, very quickly. Um, So let's get into, we've broken down the top prospects in this draft all the way. We've done Cunningham, we've done Suggs, we did Mobley, uh, we did Kaminga, and we've done Green most recently. So if you haven't checked out those episodes, be sure to do so. Richard has been great about jumping on and really sharing his insights about what, you know, makes these players good, some, you know, areas of concern for them, all that good stuff. And... Sam Vecini partnered up with Kelly Eco uh, on The Athletic talking about uh, his kind of version of a big board for the Rockets in this draft. And his top four vary from my top four. So his top four go in order. Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley. Now, I, again, I, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to say that Vecini's wrong. He obviously knows what he's talking about. He covers the draft. But for me personally, I still weigh Evan Mobley at number two. I do. And my whole reason for that is I look at what he provides and I think that overall, I think that it's easier to find another, you know, two-way guard type player like a Jalen Suggs potentially or just a guy who can, you know, straight up get buckets like Jalen Green than it is to find a unicorn like Evan Mobley. And first off, that's probably a disservice to what Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green bring to the table, right? Like, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm really not trying to bring those guys down. They are incredible talents. They really are. Jalen Suggs has amazing two-way potential. He's a really all-around guy, very much a, a, a lead kind of, you know, combo guard, um, can be the primary playmaker, um, can also, you know, have some off-ball duties. He's going to be great in the NBA. Jalen Green, he is a bona fide scorer. Yes, there's some questions about, you know, his ability to create for others, he, but he can get his own shot, that's for damn certain, and he's going to look good doing it, right? Shades of Zach Levine-esque. So... Those guys are great, but when I come back to Evan Mobley, I think about the old adage of you can't teach height. You just can't, and I think for what his skill set entails in a seven-foot package, the defense, the playmaking, the creation, just everything that he brings to the table, he really is a unicorn-esque type player, and if his comp, right, if a really solid comp for him is like Chris Bosh, Chris, Chris, wow, Awesome. Chris Bosch-esque, say that five times fast. Um, If that's a solid comp for him, thinking about that next to Christian Wood moving forward, we already learned that Christian Wood, Kelly Olenek works. And obviously there were some question marks about the fit there defensively. And I think if you get a guy like Evan Mobley, who is, you know, potentially, not potentially, definitely has a higher ceiling, at least defensively, than Kelly Olenek does, then 
I think you kind of assuage some of the worries there about a true Twin Towers lineup. And I think you also take a bit of the burden off of Christian Wood because you really do have more of a de facto five in Evan Mobley next to Christian Wood. Obviously, he needs to bulk up a little bit and get you know more of an NBA body under him, but I don't think that's going to be an issue for Mobley. So I still rank Mobley at number two on like my Rockets big board. And I'm in a group chat. We're working on, you know, an extensive Rockets big board. And we're going to have, you know, guys lined up all the way one through 30 in the first round, obviously, because here's the thing is even though the Rockets potentially have that top four pick or potentially fall all the way down to 18 and then have 18, 20, 24, we're going to rank and figure out players all in those different ranges because there's so many different scenarios and possibilities to entertain when you think about potentially trading up in the draft, right? Potentially, if the Rockets do lose their top four pick, there's a world where they can package together potentially the 18, the 20, and the 24 and maybe break into the lottery somewhere. There's a world where, hey, if the Golden State Warriors, who are still at the basically like tail end of Steph Curry's prime, if they want to potentially make some noise next year and get some bona fide support for Steph Curry, maybe there's a hypothetical scenario somewhere where if the Minnesota Timberwolves pick falls out of the top three and the protections are dropped and it conveys to the Golden State Warriors. Now, look, if it, if it falls to number four, like I think the Warriors are probably going to roll the dice on a prospect. But if it falls lower than that, we're talking the six, seven, eight range, somewhere around there, right? If it falls that low, then maybe there's a possibility that the Warriors would entertain moving that pick for a piece like, I don't know, an Eric Gordon, somebody with a veteran presence who can kind of bolster their lineup and, and help them in an area that they absolutely need some help in, which is just getting another guy who can who can score the basketball, somebody who can play off of Steph. I mean, I know that sounds disgusting to, you know, put Eric Gordon in a Golden State Warriors jersey. Hey, I was just the other day I was advocating that they need to send Eric Gordon to Phoenix to reunite him with uh, Chris Paul. But there's a lot of different possibilities. There's a lot of different moving parts going into this draft and what the Rockets could potentially accomplish. And so I want to you know, fully break down and have a, have a full-blown draft board to present, but I wanted to focus kind of on these top prospects and, you know, at least get these guys out of the way so that the top five for me and for Locked on Rockets are locked in. Pun sort of intended, I guess. But so just to reassess, and it kind of goes in order of how we did the episodes, really, um, with a flip between between Suggs and Mobley. But I'm going for my personal top five on, on my big board. It's going to be Cade Cunningham, duh, obviously. Uh, then Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green. Um, that's kind of how I've got them lined up right now. I'm a little bit lower on Jalen Green than most others, um, including Vicini, apparently, and some others in like Rockets Twitter circles and whatnot. Um, but that's just kind of my takeaways from these guys so far. And it could change, right? I could come around a little bit more on him. But right now, those five are my locked-in top five on the Rockets big board. 
Um, and we're going to, you know, break down some of the other potential picks and pieces, uh, Book Knight, Moody, uh, Kispert, just there's a lot of names to consider. Uh, and it's going to take multiple episodes to break it all down. But I wanted to at least reassess, re-up, and knock out those five in this one uh, and share the reasoning behind Mobley at number two for me personally compared to the other guys. Um, but yeah, so coming up, I want to share the unfortunate tale of getting boomed by Daniel House on social media. Uh, and then, of course, we got to do a tankathon spin because that's what, you know, that's what we're all dying for is to figure out what's going to happen to the Rockets. And we're going to get there in just a quick second after a message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You've got baseball season in full swing. Playoffs are here now for the NBA. They've also got NHL, UFC, you name it. They've got it over at BetOnline. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to finally get in on the action. So head over to their website and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O. C-K-E-D-O-N. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Quick reminder, if you haven't stopped by for one of our locker room episodes, come hang out with me, Ali Kambijani, 9 o'clock. Tuesday night. It's going to be awesome. It's the same episode that airs live on Wednesdays, but come check it out live. It's fun. Get to interact. The chat is always, uh, yeah, the chat's there. I don't know. The chat gets uh, interesting at times. That's all I'm going to say about that. You got to be there to experience it, but let's go ahead and we'll talk Daniel House Jr. And first off, I, I was like, look, I haven't you know, dabbled too much in all the Daniel House Jr. memes and whatnot that run around social media. You know, the God, the the caption, the picture of him, uh, <laughs> the picture of him that was made by Clutch Points with the nurse in it from the bubble. Like, I mean, there's just a lot, right? That you know, he has been the butt of many a joke uh, for a while now since the bubble incident, and. So I was in Austin on Sunday uh, for a wedding. I drove to and from Austin in one day, which I don't ever recommend doing. Uh, spending like six and a half plus hours in a car wasn't super fun because uh, I drove back super late that night, which wasn't ideal. But that's why no Monday pod, unfortunately. Um, so personal reasons there. But, you know, while I was in Austin, I was driving down 6th Street and I drove past this Italian restaurant named Sammy's. And so if you haven't seen it, there's a video of Daniel House Jr. absolutely thirsting after a girl on Instagram Live whose name was like Sammy, like a million A's and M's underscore E. And she sent us a bunch of like kissy heart emojis to Daniel House Jr. And his reaction, the, the video is all over Twitter. You can go look at it. And it's all it's all up in the comments of, of my post where Daniel House Jr. decided to comment. So go explore the video, have fun with it. So I passed an Italian restaurant called Sammy's. I thought it'd be funny to go on Twitter and just say, somebody tell Daniel House I found her, in reference to said video. So then Daniel House comes back <laughs> and decides to, to I guess he's just, he's just had enough 
of of everything going on with the the memes, the jokes, all of that in regards to in regards to the you know all the horny house jokes, all that stuff, right? So he comments and he says, "Not funny, but hope you found your true love." So that was cool. I woke up after a night of driving to and from Austin to get ratioed by Daniel House Jr. So that was all kinds of fun. Um, and look, I mean, it would have taken five seconds for me to just like quote tweet or something with like the nurse's picture from the bubble. But like, I'm not trying to go. I was just trying to poke a little fun at Daniel House Jr. I'm not trying to go after him. I'm also not trying to backpedal whatsoever. Um, I still think it was funny. And a lot of people did think it was funny, but he's apparently had it. So I will, uh, I will forever, uh, stay away from the Sammy jokes now in regards to Daniel House Jr. Cause it is clearly, it's not lit. Um, but anyways, that was my wonderfully awesome, stupid story of getting ratioed by Daniel House Jr. So I'm currently, uh, one for two on, Rockets players and Twitter interactions because Eric Gordon at least thinks I'm funny. Uh, but past that, Daniel Huss Jr., obviously not super appreciated. He didn't block me or anything, so there's that. Um, but yeah, and I mean, look, Daniel Huss Jr., is he here? In the, is, he, is he a long term future fit for this Rockets team? TBD, is he going to be a sweetener in a potential Eric Gordon deal? TBD, um, he's, you know, a little bit older than the, the cast of the, the young timeline for this Rockets team, the, the 25 year old timeline that Christian Wood is on. So he's a little bit past that timeline, but he's not, you know, over the hill by any means. He's not on the wrong side of 30. So Daniel House Jr. could absolutely stick with this team for the foreseeable future. Dealt with a lot of injuries this last season, but I want to see the best for him. And Hey, uh, I, I'm glad that he, uh, I guess he's just out here name searching on Twitter. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Uh, he clearly didn't, so that was that. But that brings us to our Tankathon spin because I ain't got anything else for this one. Uh, I, we do have. We're gonna do a bunch of good stuff in the uh, Locked On Rockets film room with Ali Kambijani. So definitely want to check back for that episode, and we will have a hopefully a very very special guest. Uh, later this week on the pod. So that's going to be a super fun episode. So want to stay tuned for that. But as I do this lottery spin, we will pray to the basketball gods that the pick stays with the Houston Rockets. So here we go. Let's run these numbers. And all right. No Cade, but still a pick. I'll take it. Detroit jumps up one, one spot to the number one overall pick. The Rockets drop a spot to the number two overall pick. Orlando is number three, Toronto number four, and Cleveland number five. So with that, I'm going to say the Detroit Pistons take Cade Cunningham. The Rockets, I'm going to take Evan Mobley. And before I, I'm not, you know what, I'm not, I'm not Richard. I'm not going to sit here and try and predict the other the other top, top slots. Um, but I would take Evan Mobley at number two because he's number two on my big board. I will say that the Evan Mobley situation is somewhat dependent on what they want to do with Kelly Olynyk. Now, in the Athletic article, Sam Vecini also highlighted the Rockets cap situation and the fact that they will, depending on if they truly hold on to all three of their draft picks and if they keep a top four selection in this draft, which they do in this hypothetical, the Rockets are going to have about $20 million in cap space under the projected 112 million uh, line this upcoming season. 
So the Rockets have some money to play around with, and they could even make they could potentially have even more than that twenty million if they really wanted to, if they really you know worked towards it. But Vassini highlighted the idea of potentially giving Kelly Olynyk a balloon payment for one season, which I think is great because he's a big name, he's tied, he's got you know inside sources, um, you know he's well connected guy around the league. And if he thinks that that's a possibility for Kelly Olynyk, now he's not like reporting on it. He didn't say, oh, I heard somebody said no. But if he believes that that's even a remote possibility, if he's entertaining it, I like it because that was an idea that was originally introduced by the podfather himself, Ben DuBose, on this very show, discussing what the Rockets might want to do with Kelly Olynyk moving forward. And I do think that Kelly Olynyk on a balloon payment deal wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because, again, he gets paid, he gets to stay on for one more year, um, and then he becomes a trade you know, asset, a trade ship at the deadline for a team that's you know, potentially hurting for some cap space or just a team that does want his services for the back half of the season, whatever have you. And I do think the Rockets desperately need to shore up their front court alongside Christian Wood. Because, look, DJ Wilson showed some flashes, and he could be an interesting guy, like, you know, low-risk, semi high reward you bring him back uh he's a restricted free agent so maybe just throw him a qualifying offer or whatever you could potentially bring him back right but i i think that truly the rockets need some better presence in the front court if they're not going to commit to kelly olenic long term and i think that's why evan mobley is still higher on my draft board than jalen suggs is because there's still a question too many question marks regarding what's going on with the rockets backcourt with john wall with eric gordon with kevin porter junior all those different guys so i've got evan mobley up there that's how that's who we took in this rockets simulation um let me know who do you have on your big board do you want evan mobley number 2 would you take jalen suggs number 2 who are you taking? Are you going to take Jalen Green number two? I think the clear-cut top three are still Cade Cunningham in his own tier. You've got Suggs and Mobley in the next tier. And then you've got Kaminga and Green in the tier after that. And then there's everybody else after that. Those are like my four tiers of this draft. And it's very, like to me, it's very clear that those are the tiers in this associated draft. It's just about which skill sets, I guess, you value more highly compared to others. And so for me, I value Mobley's skill set above the other top prospects in this draft, not named Cade Cunningham. So with that, that's going to wrap up today's episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.